Maybe you can think of someone who has wandered away from the faith. Pastor Ed Taylor challenges us to care enough to help turn them back. I know strong people that were here aren't walking with the Lord anymore. I know strong people that were teaching here and serving here. I mean, I was thinking of one person in particular, but then another person copped into my mind that are full-blown atheists now. I've seen people like they're so strong, serving the Lord, leading worship, loving the Lord, hanging, you know, their hands lifted high, and now they're just angry, complaining, gossiping, slanderous people. And I'm like, what happened? And the Bible says, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back. So as much as there are people that wander, there also needs to be someone that turns him back. Will you be that someone? This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set From Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, this is Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor heads back to Hebrews today, and we'll concentrate on just one verse, chapter 12, verse 14. As the pandemic continues, this is a very unique time in human history. We've experienced some things we've never had before. In the midst of all the challenges, we've seen many wander or stray away from the faith. And maybe you can think of some friends or family that have strayed. Pastor Ed would like to encourage us now to care enough to help them get back on track. If your Bibles are already open, or if not, open them to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and James chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 12, James chapter 5, in a Bible study that I've entitled, Caring Enough to Pursue the Wanderers. And for some of you, you know, this is not the first time I've shared this message. It is a familiar reminder to us to care about those that have wandered and strayed away from the faith. One thing I've noticed in this last year is that this last year has caused a lot of believers to wander and to stray away. It's, it started with, of course, closing down. I mean, who would have ever thought that we would not, we would have a time other than a snow day uh, that we would actually close the church down and go completely online. But that was the decision we made. We weren't sure what was happening. We wanted to be safe. And so for those few weeks, we went completely online. Uh, however, what you may not know is that even though we went completely online, we never turned anyone away. So that, that little side door was always open because that's how people came in for that were serving and the worship team and teaching. And every week, because remember what we decided to do? We decided to do every service live. So we would have live worship, and I would teach, and then every service. Because I, my thought was, so many things are outside of our control. Let's, let's do the things that are under our control. So every time you tuned in, there'd be a live service. The Holy Spirit would speak to whatever service was there. And then if anyone showed up at the door, we said, oh, just come on in and sit down, and you can worship with us. And we had a few people. I still have a picture uh, uh, of the sister. I think she was in her 80s back there 
there by herself by the door with her hands lifted up during worship because she was just wandering around looking for a church that was open, saw an open door, and walked right in. And there was no way we're going to turn her away. We say, come on in and worship. And so how would we have known? Remember when we started? We started online and we're like, okay, church, we can make it till Easter. We can make it. We can do this together. And what happened? Easter came and went, and then so did another 10 months and counting. Do you know churches are still closed right now? They're still closed to gather together uh, all around the country, even around the world. And it's taken its toll on believers. It's taken its toll on the church. And because of that, Many have wandered away. We've seen a lot of that even here. You know, there's different categories there. First of all, there are people that are upset with us that we are holding, we are having any kind of restrictions. And so they're upset with us. They go, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to cover my face. I don't want to be. And, I, and they go find another church that they can fit in and they're not taking the kind of precautions that we are. And it's like, okay, if that's, there's nothing we can really do about that. We made our decision and we're going to stick by it. There are other people that are in a place of sickness and uh, they're in a place of sickness and they're, they're unable to be here, but not being able to be here was like an anchor and a tether in their faith. And so now that they're not here, um, they've wandered away. I don't know about you, but watching online is great. It's just not the same. Did you know that? It's not the same. It's so distracting. Like there you are, you're watching online and then your tummy starts to growl and you go, you know what? I can still hear it. I'll walk over and look for some cookies and milk. And then there's no cookies. And you're like, well, maybe we have some downstairs. And we go down. Now you can't hear anymore. You go down. Oh no, I have no cookies in the basement. I think I'll go to King Super. You know, you're just like, ah. Well, maybe that's just my experience. I don't know. But you could be watching online, you could get a text, and you go, oh, I better answer them. And you go through, and I wonder what's going on Instagram, and you go through, and then there's a picture of food, and then you're hungry again. It's always about hunger. (laughs) But Jesus said, you're blessed if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, are you not? There's a blessing attached to it, but you know, it's different. Uh, it, It is a great supplement, and I'm glad that you're joining us online. But if you can be here, like it's not, online is just not the same. And we'll keep, we've been doing online since technology was invented. But because of being online, the kids weren't connected, and then they are wandering around. And before you know it, it's just God created the church. This is his doing. This, This was not an invention of man. God created us for each other to connect. And wandering and straying has happened a lot in our church and in many churches. And as a pastor, my heart aches for the wanderers. I'm not interested in guilting them or, you know, making them feel bad. I'm interested in encouraging them in the Lord so that they can go farther with their walk with Him. I know it's been a hard year. It's been hard for all of us. And the temptations that's come upon us have been challenging. Like those in the book of Hebrews, like the Hebrew believers, they had their own challenges, their own issues. So by the time we get to Hebrews 12, which is where we are in our verse-by-verse study, notice Hebrews 12 We'll pick up where we left off. Notice in verse 12 of chapter 12, it says, Therefore, strengthen the hands that hang down. And there's just a lot of hands hanging down right now in the church of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of tired, weary people. There's a lot of people, and and not just tired and weary, but a lot of people that are upset. There's so much division. There's so much anger and angst among believers right now. Almost so much so that it's just like many in the church have lost their way. They've forgotten why they're saved. 
They've forgotten the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have forgotten why you're on the earth. Why God has created you. What your destiny is. Because of some hardships. And you know, that's what trials do. They refine us. And they test us. And you're right. Listen, you're right when you think that we don't always pass the test. You're right. We don't always pass the test. We don't always make it through in the moment. We do stumble and we do fall. Even to the point where there are seasons when we just look at ourselves and you go, what happened to your faith? You're looking in the mirror and you're like, what happened? You were so filled with faith. Well, why do you doubt? Well, why? Like the psalmist says, you know, why are you so downcast? There's been more than one occasion. I look myself in the mirror and go, what's wrong with you, Ed? What's wrong with you? Of course, I know what's wrong with me. I know the trials I face. I know how I've responded to them. But I encourage, though, because the, even though I don't pass all the tests, the Lord is faithful. And though a man falls seven times, he'll rise again. That even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. So that even if you look at your life right now and you haven't passed the test, okay, repent and get back in the race. I know there's a lot of weak hands right now. Notice he says, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. You know, feeble knees and hanging down hands, they they have this description of a walk that's been interrupted. I mean, because very many people, you know, walk like this. Very few people walk like this. Unless there's some kind of medical condition, most of us have pretty much an upright walk and our hands are at our sides. We're not all beat up and beat down. But for those of you that are beat up and beat down, for those of us that are in a stronger place, we're to be looking for you to help you. That's what we learned. We've already gone through this section. This is all review. And you go back a couple weeks and listen in in the book of Hebrews on our app or the website. We've already looked at this. Of course, there's always going to be people weak, feeble need among us. But those of us that are strong, those of us that are spiritual, we're to look for those that are weak and help them. That is the body of Christ. And we're going to learn today of another instruction from James to look for those that have strayed away. He says in verse 13, make straight paths for your feet so that what's lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. There's healing available to you today from the Lord. God wants to heal the weaknesses and the the hurts and the pains and the trials and the difficulties, what they've done to you. He wants to heal your marriage. He wants to heal your kids. He wants to bring the prodigals home. That is the heart of God. And the enemy's just throwing and throwing. Don't believe. Lose hope. It'll never happen. And to that, we have to rise up, even as we're singing and say, no, we're going to battle on our knees with our hands lifted high. And we just sang that, didn't we? It just came out of our mouths. Or you heard the person next to you, that joyful noise that we're going to battle because the Lord is coming back. He's going to return. And we want to bring as many people to heaven as possible. You with me, church? So notice now James chapter 5, this brief exhortation. Notice Hebrews is Uh, James is right after Hebrews, James chapter 5, verse 19. A familiar passage, but it's good to be reminded. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Brethren, 
So we know the audience. James is talking to you and me, brothers and sisters, reminded that we're part of a family here. This isn't a social club. We're not gathered together just for the sake of it, for some little holy huddle as Christians so we can all warm up and then, and then go out into the world to live like the devil. This is the church of Jesus Christ. It is holy and set apart for his purposes. And you and I, by faith, born again, believers in Jesus, are brothers and sisters in the Lord. So he says, brothers and sisters, as you consider your family, as you consider your family, what does he say? He says, if anyone, so as you look around the room today, as you consider the body of Christ, you got to understand, any one of us can stray away at any time. And that's, I believe, is a word from the Lord to someone. You need to realize and recognize right now, again, afresh and anew. Yes, even you can stray away. Even I, anyone listening to me can stray away. And if anyone wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know. The person that turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death. There's a seriousness about sin, church. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. That's the truth. There's nothing you can do to sidestep that. Sin will always bring death. It'll bring death in the physical realm. There's still a consequence in our physical bodies. But it'll be death in so many different ways. Sin can bring the death of a marriage. It can bring the death of a friendship. It can bring the death of relationships. It can be, bring the death of a career, of a dream. Sin, the wages are always death. So when you save a sinner, you turn them back toward the Lord, then just understand that they are avoiding death, that there's life. There is life. You want to release life in a church? Go after the strays and the wanderings or grasp the heart of Jesus. Agree with him. When he came, remember what he said? He came to seek and to save the lost. That was his heart. He would look at people and see them as weary and scattered. He, he would look at people and see the, the, what pain and what sin would do to... There was even episodes where Jesus was recorded as crying over the effects of sin. Weeping convulsively, seeing and experiencing what sin has done to families, the pain that it causes, the hardship. It just seems like the culture that we live in is doing everything and to, to, to everyone, but including the church, just to get our eyes off of the heart of Jesus to seek and save the lost. You know, the Bible made it very clear. If you summarize the law, you could summarize it this way. Jesus said, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And he, then even now, everybody's asking the question, who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And the reality is, is everyone is your neighbor. But here's what happens. Culture loves to divide us so much that if we can label someone other than our neighbor, then something kicks in in our minds thinking, well, if they're not our neighbor, they're this sinner or they're involved in this lifestyle or they're, and I did change my voice on purpose because that's how you get, you get all nasty about it. It's like, man, yeah, they did this and they did that and they didn't get all bitter and upset. If you put people in categories like that, then somehow you relieve yourself in your mind. You kind of take away the responsibility to what? Love them. 
And it happens. It's happening politically right now. It's happening racially right now. It's happening within the body of Christ. It's ha- like the gospel has been lost in all the noise of this world. And remember, th- this year you're going to hear this a lot because this is what God's telling us as a church. I'm not responsible for every church out here, just responsible for our little field. And what God has given us for our little field is this. We know that the world is going to be the world, but the church has to be the church. There is no replacing the church in the world today. None. You and I, we, and I don't mean just the church organized. I mean what the Bible says. The Bible speaks of you and me personally being the church. And so one by one by one by one, we walk in the love of God to love our neighbors and to reach out to those that maybe they're in a different category of life. Maybe they're, they're away. I, you know, one of the things going back to California that's always bittersweet for me is that I always get to connect back with, I don't always, but when I do get to connect back with my friends, we, the friends I grew up with, we end up getting together, sharing a meal together. And one of the things we're just so excited that we're saved, we're born again, we're still alive. Man, the Lord was so gracious to us and merciful to us because we were right on the edge of death for all the stupidity of our lives and all the changes. However, for me, It always turns a corner, and I don't like it, but it has to happen because this is who I am. There's always somebody that's going to share some story of me being an absolute idiot as a sinner. And on the one hand, it reminds me, man, I'm so glad that the Lord saved me, that I'm still alive, that I get to use him. But on the other hand, I just look back and I think, man, I was an idiot. And who wants to remember that they were an idiot? And that I was involved in this, and I did that. And a lot of times, the story that's told, I don't even remember it because I was so out of it. Drugs or alcohol, I don't even remember the situation. I'm like, wow. And there'll be times I look and I'll say, I really did that? I go, oh, yeah, you really did that. And what else? And I don't want to hear anymore. I can only handle one at a time. And then I'll quickly change the subject. They probably know this by now. I'll quickly say, oh, but isn't the Lord so good? (laughs) Aren't we saved? Um, I don't go back, well, you were an idiot too. No way. I want to get our eyes back on the Lord. The point I'm making is this. I was in a category once that you could have easily overlooked. You could have said, well, look what he's doing and what he's involved in and what he's doing to culture and what he's doing to society. But I was a neighbor that needed the love of God. And we just can't overlook people because they're involved in things that we don't agree with or we have a different point of view with or they're just ruining their life or ruining our neighborhood or ruining our world or ruining, ruining. Of course, the world is so upside down. And we, we, don't, we shouldn't be surprised that perilous times have come. And we don't want to label people so that we don't have to love them, even within the church. Because as we're a family, of course, we have everything that has to go with families. You have a family. I have a family. None of us have a perfect family. And neither is the church. The church is not a perfect family. And in the church, James says, there are going to be people that wander away. It always shocks me. I don't know why. I've been serving the Lord for 30 years now. I've been here for 21 years. And I don't know why, but when I hear of another person falling away or another situation, one of my first responses is shock. And I don't know. I I know it's going to happen, but like I know strong people that were here aren't walking with the Lord anymore. I know strong people that were teaching here and serving here. I mean, I was thinking of one person in particular, but then another person copped into my mind that are full-blown atheists now, that they've taken a stand that says, oh, there's not even a God. 
And I'm like, man, we served together. We broke bread together. We had communion together. We went on mission trips together. And you don't believe in God anymore? What happened? I've seen people like they're so strong, serving the Lord, leading worship, loving Lord, hanging, you know, their hands lifted high. And now they're just angry, complaining, gossiping, slanderous people. And I'm like, what happened? And the Bible says, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back. So as much as there are people that wander, there also needs to be someone that turns them back. Someone that turns them back. Will you be that someone? Will you be that someone? And and you know, in verse 12, it says, uh, anyone that turns a sinner from the error of his way. You know what? This is such a great life-giving passage. And what do, what do many people do with life, great life-giving passages? They like to argue about them. And the argument in this passage is, well, you know, if somebody wanders in the church and they wander away, are they even saved? Can you lose your salvation? And everybody gets hung up on that. I don't want you to get hung up on that. Because, I, you know, I believe in the security of the believer and the insecurity of the make-believer. And I think when you're saved, you're saved. The Lord doesn't work in your life. And nobody can snatch you out of the Father's hands. But who is he referring to here? If you're taking notes, I think there's three things, three types of people that are referred to here among us. Number one, you could say that these sinners are, number one, truly lost sheep. Truly lost sheep. Um, The Bible word or, you know, the word you might use in the church, for those of you that are new to church terminology, we might use the word unbeliever. And what we mean by unbeliever, what that word really means is a person that is not in relationship with God. A person that is not born again. Another church word, although Jesus said that, born again. A person that that is truly lost. Do truly lost people come to church? Yes or no, church? Of course, I hope so. Uh, And if they don't, one of the reasons why we have a radio station, one of the reasons we went on the radio to begin with, is that even if they won't darken the doors of a church, they flip through the radio all the time. <laughs> and they can do it without telling anybody. I know when I started going to church, I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to ruin my reputation. Like, where were you on Wednesday? Uh, yeah, yeah, I went to church. Ah, you're at the church. You're not one of those. Well, I am now. <laughs> That's what happens when you hear the gospel. You become one of those. So truly lost sheep. They come in and out all the time, and then they don't show up anymore. Pastor Ed Taylor is developing his study of Hebrews right now on Abounding Grace. To hear it again, visit our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com, or you can hear Pastor Ed through our app. Simply search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play and download the free app today. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts. Maybe you've noticed the enemy is constantly trying to fill your mind with destructive thoughts. It could be fear, worry, insecurity, anxiety, or temptation. But you can win this battle of your mind, and author Louis Giglio explains how in his book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And we'll gladly send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace today with a gift of $25 or more. Just pick up the phone right now and call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or you can order it through our e-store at calvaryco.store calvaryco.store. 
It's your generous gift that allows us to provide Bible teaching on stations like this one all across the country. It's not the size of your contribution that matters. Large or small, it's making a difference by God's abounding grace. You can donate to the ministry at AboundingGraceRadio.com or again, call 877-30-GRACE. Pastor Ed, tomorrow you're going to give us five very practical things we can do to help those who have wandered away. And I wanted to give our listeners a sneak peek. One of your points will be to speak words of kindness and love to them. Would you touch on that one briefly? Yes, Larry. That that point of speaking words of kindness is going to be a very, very important one because a person that is coming back to the Lord, coming back to a vibrant relationship, coming back is going to face all sorts of internal challenges, condemnation, regret, and they need to be encouraged. They need to be strengthened. They already know that's why they're coming back. They already know that it was a bad decision to wander away and they have chosen to come back. And we as the church, we don't want to kick our kick people when they're down. We don't want to make it harder for them. We want to walk in 1 Corinthians 13 love toward them. We we want to be known for our love and our encouragement. And I'm just it, it it's worth remind it's worth reading it out, isn't it? Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And that's what they need. And truly, that's what we want to give. Come back next time and see how to reach those who have wandered away. That's right here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 